It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Uh-huh. You know, if there ever was a confusing time, uh, I don't remember one that's more confusing than it is right now, Rich, and serious at the same time. Isn't that amazing? We are not just traveling along, we are heading downward seemingly pretty fast. We often talk about faith, family, and freedom, and they're all being attacked in these days. Um, Absolutely, without a doubt. Now, you grow up and you get married and you have children. That's called a family. That's called a husband. It's called a wife. And it's called the children of the family. And uh, you send your children to school to be educated, not indoctrinated. And coming out of school and not knowing much other than they've been indoctrinated and filled with things that are just not true. It doesn't start in college, folks. It starts when they're much younger in school. In the first grade, second grade, third grade, fifth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, and on upward, you know it as well as I do, if you'll open your eyes and think. But here was a piece, Rich, on college kids saying to us some of the craziest things, but not to them. They've been indoctrinated. They are the sons and daughters of good common sense people who know up is up and down is down who know that the rain falls and the sun shines, this is obvious, and that men are men and women are women. And yet they've been indoctrinated. What say you? Yeah, these are crazy times in which we live. Uh, This reminds me of that Art Linkletter uh, piece he used to do. Yeah, but wasn't that innocent? Yeah, but that was kids, and these are college kids. All right, folks, listen to this, and then we will go from here. In light of all the conversation about gender and identity, we began to wonder if there's even a difference between men and women anymore. We went to Seattle University to find out. Aware of the conversation going on in Washington State right now around kind of gender identity, gender expression issues, and the ability to access facilities on those grounds? Yeah. Yeah, uh, like, you know, there's there's general neutral bathrooms in like all the dorms and stuff like that. I think that gender is fluid, so if you want to use a bathroom because that's a place and that's a space where you feel comfortable and safe in doing so, then I think that that's completely fine. I think that if whoever you think you are, if you're male or female, then that's the bathroom you should go into. I think if it doesn't really negatively affect anybody, then I think anyone be, should be able to choose what gender they uh, choose to identify as. People, no matter what their gender identification is, they should be allowed to use whatever restrooms they should they, they feel like they identify with. Is there a difference in your mind between men and women? Um, no, yes. I mean, possibly. In general, yes. But I don't know why I think that. Socially, currently, yes, there is. There is no need for that difference to exist. If you think that you're a male, if you think that you're a female, that matters more than the biological difference. There's not much difference besides what society forces onto people. And how do you know the difference between men and women? By what people think they are. So you can't like judge someone just on like their looks. 
I don't think there's any one way to really distinguish between a man or a woman, and I don't think it's necessary. Uh, it's not always consistent. It has a high probability, like 98% of the time, I can get it right. There is some ambiguity. I think, yeah, there are ways to tell, but then again, you can always be wrong. What would you say I am? Just judging off of your looks, I would say that you're a male. I would probably assume a man, but then you never know. A male. Why would you say that? Based on how I look at you. Do you think that's a problem? Yeah, probably. Do you think the difference between men and women matters for any reason? I think most sociologists agree that uh, the concept of gender is more of a societal construct. I don't, I don't feel as if it matters to me because uh, at the end of the day, the person is just a person. And the differences on a uh, social level are simply a product of a biased society. Then is there a reason to have those labels, male or female? I don't think so. I think that it's, again, a social construct of this binary that we're given at birth. There is kind of a difference, but at the same time, if someone wants to identify as one or both or as nothing, I also find that completely okay. And there may be nothing more self-evident in the natural universe than the fact that every animal species is divided into two halves, male and female. Yet the most intelligent of those species seems to be wrestling with whether male or female are actually real things. Have we discovered something new or have we become too clever for our own good? Sometimes when I call a lady sir by accident they get very offended. So much confusion, Dad, and we know from the Bible that God is not the author of confusion. Do you realize the taxpayers of America and too often the parents, the mothers and the fathers have spent tons of money, lots and lots and lots of money, sometimes mortgage their home for young people to be sent to a college to learn this, to be filled with this. One of my favorite friends and pastors, and we carry his program on Bot Radio Network, is Dr. Jack Graham, Prestonwood Baptist Church, of Dallas, Texas. And I'll tell you his testimony and his story and his growing up is very, very interesting. It's time to fight for but the family. Jack Graham preached this sermon and I was transfixed when I heard it because it was so right. Fight for your family. Yes. Don't let it go down the tubes. Don't send your children in grade school or in high school or then off to college to be indoctrinated with something that is the antithesis of common sense and certainly the Bible. This is what Jack Graham had to say about the importance of fighting for your family. Listen. Now take your Bibles and turn to the book of Nehemiah chapter four. Nehemiah is a hero. Uh, he is a hero in fact, because he is a patriot. Not because he was a prophet, he was not a prophet, he was not a preacher per se, but he was a man that God called from a life of luxury and contentment with a high level job with the king in Persia to, to serve his homeland and to lead the children of God, the people of God, Israel, in rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem and more importantly, rebuilding their lives. And our reading begins in verse 14. 
And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them, that is the opponents, the enemy. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And watch this, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall each one to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah and were building on the wall. And those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon, watch this, and held his weapon with the other hand. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. And the man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread and we are separated on the wall far from one another. And in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So today's message is a rally cry to fight for your family because our families are under attack. We know that. The walls in effect representing the glory of God, representing God's protection as well as God's praises around surrounding the people of Israel. The walls were down in that day physically, but spiritually the walls are down today. The walls of family life, domestic tranquility down. The walls of personal morality and security down. Our families are struggling and so many are defeated and living in the brokenness of broken lives, broken walls. A nation is only as strong as its families. A nation is only as strong as your family. A broken family results in a broken culture, a collapsing culture. And that's what we're seeing today. Back in the 1960s, Billy Graham wrote a book called World of Flame. I devoured that book as a teenager. And I pulled out a quote from that book 50 years ago. And yet, how appropriate, apropos, are these words today and then some. Here's what Billy said. The immutable law of sowing and reaping has held sway. We are now the hapless possessors of moral depravity and we seek in vain for a cure. The tares of indulgence have overgrown the wheat of moral restraint. Our homes have suffered. Divorce has grown to epidemic proportions. When the morals of society are upset, the family is the first to suffer. The home is the basic unit of our society and a nation is only as strong as her homes. The breaking up of a home does not often make headlines, but it eats like termites at the structure of the nation. So the walls are down and we need men and women like Nehemiah to stand in the gap for our nation. 
to leave comfort and security and even safety behind in order to fulfill God's call upon our lives. I want to talk to you about that today. And right here in the fourth chapter of Nehemiah, there is a battle cry and a battle plan to help us fight for our families and our generation. And the first thing that I want to show you is that we are to prepare for opposition, prepare and expect enemies to come. And that includes criticism and it includes persecution and everything in between. Again, half the wall is completed. It's often a critical time when half the job is done, when half the race is run, when half the marriage has been accomplished, when half of the child raising is done and you think, I'm just halfway there. Am I ever going to get it done? So they were in a precarious position to build this wall halfway home, halfway done when these enemies come. There were great victories already accomplished. Task was being accomplished. But when God opens the windows of heaven to bless us, Satan opens the windows, the doors of hell to blast us. And that's what happens here. And there are some opponents that show up. They were more than opponents, they were enemies. And in verse one, one of them is named Sanballat. Another is Tobiah. But when Sanballat heard they were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged. There is so much hate today regarding biblical values, conservative values, family values, not just opposition, but sheer anger and hate that is being unleashed against those who practice biblical morality and spiritual biblical values. Realize that you're in a war and it's a fight for survival. And in particular in our context, as we think about the family, it is a fight for our family. You know, there are really two kinds of people in the world when it comes to doing something great for God, for a country. These are either the obstructionist or the constructionist. You are either a constructionist, building things up, building people up, or you are an obstructionist, attempting to obstruct the word and the witness of Jesus Christ. Now, we know ultimately that's impossible, for the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We win. But along the way, there are battles to fight and you need to make sure that you're on the right team, that you're in the right army, that you're in God's army because critics are everywhere. I can tell you one way that you will never ever be criticized. Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. And you'll never hear a word of criticism. Nehemiah could have stayed sleeping on satin sheets in Persia, doing the work of the king and never heard any of this. But he chose to engage the enemy. He chose to get involved, to do a great work from God. So the ridicule, the taunts, all the rest, it did have an impact on the people. In fact, in verse 10, if you'll look at verse 10 of chapter four, in Judah it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. So the impact of these critics was having an effect. The people are getting discouraged. They start talking to each other. You know, this sort of thing, this 
this thing strikes fear into people's heart and they start pleasing man rather than pleasing God and start listening to others, the voices of, 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 of the destructionists and the haters, start listening to all that. Before you know it, you'll be discouraged, but you can't listen to that. But one thing they did learn is true. When they said, you know, it's too big. This, this job is too big for us. That's one thing opposition will do for you. It will make you bitter or make you better. And it made them better in the sense that, look, we know we can't do this on our own. We know we're just feeble Jews. We can't accomplish this on our own. We're halfway there and we've got a lot of work to do. Now we have this opposition. How are we going to get this done? They came to the place that every person must come to. And that is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God's work God, done in God's way will not lack for God's power. What does it mean to remember the Lord? That he is great, that he is awesome, that there is nothing greater than your God. There's no circumstance in your life, no situation in your family, but that God is greater and the greatness of God and remembering what God has done, the faithfulness of our God throughout our lives. When we stop to think about it, we are encouraged and we are empowered to stay in the battle because we know that if God be for us, who can be against us? When David went against the giant, Goliath, he was just on a mission, an errand from his dad to take food to his brothers at the front lines of the battle. He gets there and he sees this giant taunting them, terrifying giant. They're afraid. David says, why didn't somebody do something about this? And he says, I'll go fight it. They said, well, you're crazy, but help yourself. Have you seen that guy? He's too big to hit. David said, no, he's too big to miss. They said, have you seen how big he is? He said, have you seen how big our God is? So David goes out with his slingshot and a stone and these things can become like rockets. I've seen when traveling in Israel, I've seen these little shepherds, even to this day, they'll take a slingshot and a stone and fire that thing like a missile. David was prepared. He'd fought the lion and the bear. He wasn't a novice. He knew how to use this thing. He went before the giant. The giant is sneering and jeering at him. And he says, the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. So what did David do? Did he get on his knees and sing worship choruses and worship the Lord and wait on God to take him out? In fact, I love the sentence. It says, David ran to the battle and he took him down with one smooth shot hit him right between the eyes. The giant went down, he cut off his head. There was a great victory in the name of God. An enemy, an evildoer was defeated because David remembered God, the battle is the Lord's, but God has given us our part in the battle and we must stay engaged and do what God has called us to do. And the primary things God is calling us to do with our families, with our friends, in our communities is to pray and witness and to serve God by serving others. God can do anything but fail. And there's one final thing that is be courageous, never give up and stay in the battle. When you read what happened, the rest of the story and the building of the wall, it tells us, and this is verse 19, the work is great, widely spread, separated far from one another. So they were getting together, they were forming a line of protection. And in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. You're fighting for your family, your God will fight for you. But watch the sacrifice that is made. 
So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon in his right hand. Earlier, it describes them day and night in their place, in their position, remaining steadfast and refusing to lay down their weapon to stop the work that God had called them to do. Satan wants you to quit on your family, to quit on your husband, to quit on your wife, to give up on your kids. All lies. Stay in the battle. As the great leader Nehemiah said, fight for your family. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. Never stop fighting. And let me just say, we're not gonna give up fighting and praying for our kids. We're not gonna give up on our marriages. So this is a rally cry. It's a call to the battle. Let us build God's church, build God's kingdom. And with the other hand, let us defend in our culture, our children and our children's children until Jesus comes again and know that our God will fight for us. Amen. All right. Now, Amen. Wasn't that a sermon? Wasn't that a that message? Was great. Wasn't that a message for today? Listen now. This song will really tie perfectly. Listen. Rich, you see, those were kids. Those were kids. Those were not old people my age. Those were kids. And you see kids being taught the Word of God and brought up in a home that teaches integrity and common sense and to, and to love the Lord. There's the difference, isn't it? That's what right. are our listeners saying? Well, you know, Deb, we've been praying for a Great Awakening-style revival to sweep our land, and every major revival is preceded by a movement of prayer. So when they had the National Day of Prayer live broadcast, we aired that live across Bot Radio Network. And uh, here's what this lady had to say. Yes, hello, this is Gail. I just got through listening to the Day of Prayer, and I'll tell you what, it brought me to tears more than once. It was just absolutely amazing and incredible. Thank you so much for allowing that broadcast to be interrupting the rest of the uh, usual program. God bless your broadcast. Thank you for listening and thank you for calling, Gail. And dear lady, you know, we'd be a little derelict if we were not prepared to meet the need of the moment uh, with the old, old story. Right. Uh, what's next? Uh, 1-800-345-2621 is the listener comment line number. 1-800-345-2621. Here's a man whose first name is Rich. My name is Rich. I live out by Linwood, Kansas. Listen to Bot whenever I'm in the truck. That's the only station I've got on. Love your station. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rich. All right. God well, bless God you. God bless you. Is there another one, Rich? Sure. Here's uh, someone from Indiana. This is Amanda from Burn, Indiana. I just want to let you know how much I enjoy Bot Radio. I listen to it every day while I'm working on a puzzle on my dining room table. And I enjoyed Dick and Richard Bot for sure. And I love the songs that they play on their program. 
And that's a beautiful you, part of the country know, there you know, in Bern, Indiana. Oh, dear lady, um, when I'm hearing your voice and what you say, it brings back the time when we made the commitment to have a radio station in Indiana. And from there, it's grown to two or three others, isn't it, Rich? Yeah, just outside of Fort Wayne. And now, I want to tell the people in Texas, we love to hear from you also. And South Dakota and Iowa. Uh, we love to hear that. Yeah. It's so important to hide God's Word in your heart. And here's a lady that does it with Bot Radio Network. I'm calling from Omaha, and I have listened to Bot Radio for many years. And lately, I began memorizing Scripture. I hear from the ones I hear from the pastors. I have found repeating them three times makes memorizing easy, and I have expanded to many more. I challenge parents and listeners to begin memorizing and teaching the children, and you will be blessed. And I thank you for all that you do. Dear lady, when I heard you say that you challenge parents to have their children memorize Scripture, it reminded me how important that is. You don't hear that much anymore. Um, there are the Bible bees around the country. We want to talk about them also, Rich, because thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, not carried under my arm to Sunday school, not have in my purse, but hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right, and we helped to sponsor the National Bible Bee and broadcast it here on Bot Radio Network. Here's a gentleman where BRN helps to strengthen his walk with the Lord. Hello, I just wanted to uh, thank Bot Radio Network. It's really helped me strengthen my walk with God and really uh, encouraged me. I just wanted to thank you guys for all that you do and uh, the support that you give to many people. Yeah. Amen. Uh, we really enjoy reading this, don't we, Rich? Oh, yes. Every week of another one? Well, yes, that, you know, through the Bible just began the at the beginning of the Bible again just a few weeks ago. So they're still in Genesis, and it's a great time to start with this broadcast, which this lady loves. I would like to just express my gratefulness for Through the Bible Radio. Thirty years ago, I started listening to radio after the Lord had saved me, and I just love all of the true Bible teachers, but... J. Vernon McGee is my most favorite, and he goes through the Bible five years, a complete Bible, and my concern is that he will stay on. You all will keep him on forever and ever and ever until Jesus comes. And so I just want to say that. Thank you, Bot Radio Network. All right. Uh, thank you, Rich, dear lady. Have we got another one? No, well, yes, we do. Let's hear this next one. I like Bot Radio because there's always something on there that will boost your faith and give you courage and give you a godly path. You have various programs on there that are so good for life, and I love Bot Radio. God bless you. All right. Uh, this is Dick Bot with this chapter, with my son Rich, um, of this chapter with a complete story, and we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> 